Good morning, everybody. It's very exciting to be with you all this morning, to be here in the family of God in Southport. We pulled up in the car and somebody literally ran us to our car parking space, waving and smiling. I came through the door, somebody wrapped their arms around me, gave a smacking kiss and said, it's great to see you. And I thought, I've arrived, you know, this is great. So praise God, he's already spoken to us clearly this morning, which is very encouraging. And uh, I believe we are a pilgrim people, that we are going somewhere, but we're going together as a family. We're going together as a family. So let's just ask the Holy Spirit to minister to us, shall we? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here to lead us into revelation. You're here to uh, open our eyes so that we can see things this, this morning. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you have free reign in this time in your word right now. Lord, that uh, it wouldn't be me, my words, or anything to do with me, but just be you by your spirit, moving amongst us and teaching us and envisioning us uh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I have to confess I've never uh, had one of these things on, so if I trip or do something, I apologize now. <laughs> However, my name is Deborah Lyon. For anybody um, who doesn't know who I am, it's really nice to be with you all of you. I'm married to David, who's sitting here. We have three sons, and uh, they're all married, and so we have three daughters-in-law, and we also have three grandchildren, so we're very, very happy about that. Um, when our sons each got engaged and married, we had the, the photographs and popped them on the uh, sideboard as each one went through that, and, and uh, our daughters-in-law appeared on the sideboard. And when my youngest son, James, um, the last one to get engaged, they had some photographs taken, and I put the photograph on the sideboard in our lounge, and his fiancée, she walked in, and she saw the photograph on the sideboard, and she said, I'm in, I'm on the sideboard, I'm in the family. <laughs> She was so excited to finally see her and James alongside his brothers, his parents, his grandparents, and all the other family photos. And, and it's great, and it, it's a, a great source of joy for us to see our family growing. And it's a great source of joy for the father to see his family in Southport growing. He gets great joy from uh, being with his family and seeing his family grow. And you guys here, you're such a wonderful example of a family. Um, I feel like I'm seeing Southport almost every day on my social media and bits of news and see what you're all doing. And I just think, wow, they're doing such a wonderful work in the community and in the church. And they seem to really love each other. And it's, it's really is uh, inspiring. So I want to commend you for that this morning. But I believe that you are a growing family and that you're going to be growing even more. Because as you're being who you are, there's going to be some babies born and you're going to find the family grows even bigger. And in that case, then as a family, we need to know how to care and love one another in the growth that comes to the family. So that's partly what I'm going to share with you this morning. And uh, I have to say, it's a similar emphasis that we feel that the Lord is pressing in on us at home as well in, in uh, Living Rock. I should have said I'm from Leicestershire. We, we're part of a church in Leicestershire. And we feel the same pressing, that um, it's important that we, as a family, are continuing to love and care each other as we grow larger and, and larger. Um, so, we are God's family. We are not a natural family, but we are a spiritual family, aren't we? Amen? I love it. I love it when you nod. That's great. Can you keep that up for the next 30 minutes, please? Thank you. Uh, we are a spiritual family. And I really think, if you don't mind me saying this, if God the Father has a sideboard in heaven, then all our photographs would be on his sideboard, okay? We're all in. We're all in the family. 
we're all on display, we're his, and we're all his family. That's a great thing, isn't it? In the Bible, there's um, an image used to describe the church. Well, there's various images. David alluded to them last night with the students. Great to see the students. Um, We are the body of Christ. We're living stones in the temple, uh, God's temple. But also, there's the image of the family. And um, we are his family. And actually, the family is the most prevalent sort of image of the church that's used. Just lots and lots of references in the epistles to brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, um, widows, family members, and family language. And God the Father has a family. It's his church, you and I. And we are those who have received adoption into his family through the death and resurrection of the Father's one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Yes? Amen. In Ephesians 1.5, it says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And listen to this. It says, this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. You and you, you, me, brothers and sisters, all of us here, he wanted us and we give him great pleasure. Isn't that fantastic? John 1, 12 to 14, it says, But to all who believe in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. We're brothers and sisters. We are children of God. Romans 8, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children, and now we call him Abba Father. Hallelujah. You are not a church attendee. You are not just anybody. You are a son of the Father. You are a rightful son of the Father in heaven. Our past, our backgrounds, our failings, they did not disqualify from us, us from becoming into God's family. We didn't only just make it in. We were born into it. Jesus was God's saving gift for us all. So we can take our rightful place in the household of God. We found our home. We found our family. We found our purpose. We found our identity as sons and daughters of the living God. We are heirs with Christ. Hello. We are pretty mega. Yeah? We're amazing. But only because God has designed us and made us to be that way. Yeah? Hallelujah. We are part of a family where everyone is equal. We're not all the same. We don't all look the same. We're not all from the same backgrounds. We don't necessarily all speak the same language even possibly here this morning. I don't know. We have different jobs. Um, We have lots of differences. But that's great because God wants his family to be full of all kinds of beauty, all kinds of variety. God absolutely loves that because he created us that way. So he's really chuffed to have his family filled with variety. But... We are all equal and united through Christ. We're all sons and daughters and heirs of God. There's nothing on earth like the family of God. There is nothing like it. When Jeff was saying earlier about things that are going on in the world, all these awful things that are going on in the world, you know the best thing that's going on right now? God's family is growing. God's family is amazing. God's family is going to be irresistible, even more irresistible. We're all part of God's family, and there's one thing that identifies us all as his own. Did you know we have a hallmark as a family? We do. We have a hallmark. A hallmark is a distinguishing mark. It's something that identifies the authenticity of something. You know, if you want to know if it really is silver, tip it upside down, see if you can find the hallmark. If you want to know if somebody really is a Christian, a child of God, then you should see this hallmark. 
John 6, 3.16 says, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Jesus said to the disciples just before he was about to go to the cross, preparing them for leaving them, and he says to them, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I've loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. God loved the world. Jesus says you're to love each other. You're to lay your life down for each other. And that way, everybody will know that you're my disciples. The new commandment to love each other was so important that we find it again in the epistles numerous, numerous times, the encouragement to love one another. And this love that we are to love one another with is exactly the same love that God has for the whole world. It's the same word. It's a a word that means agape, a type of love. But this type of love is not of this world. This type of love has a Hebrew word that that is called hesed. Oh, hesed. It's a wonderful word. And hesed is this love of God that is totally unconditional. It doesn't count up all the wrongs. It doesn't take offense. It's not all mushy and gooey. It's a decision, a choice to love no matter what, to believe the best. It's to take practical steps to actually show that love. God loved the world so much that he sent, he gave his son. He showed love by giving And hesed is that kind of love. It's a loyal love. It's a covenant love. It's an unfailing love. I love you even though you've offended me. I love you even though you've hurt me. I love you. I choose to love you. But I've let you down. I still love you. You will not find that in the world because it's of heaven Hess said, this is a quote now, uh, don't ask me where I got it from because I can't remember, I do apologize, but Hess said, is a love and loyalty. It surpasses ordinary kindness and friendship. Hesed runs deep and it finds it, its home in committed familial love and it comes to life in actions. Hesed is seen really well in action through families, through family, through God's family. It surpasses ordinary kindness and friendship. There's nothing ordinary about it. It's extraordinary. And the importance of this love is emphasized hugely in the epistles. And there's no escaping that we are encouraged to love each other even more. If you know your Bible, some of you will be thinking, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. If you want to know more about how much we need to love each other, have a look in 1 Thessalonians. But verses 9 to 10 of the first chapter, Paul says, we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God has himself taught you to love one another. Indeed, You already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. You're doing a great job. You're doing a lot of loving. I've heard all about it. But do it even more. David, this morning, as he brought the word of the Lord, he said, the Lord said to him, there's more, there's more. There's more. And as we go deeper with our Hesed love, we're going to find ourselves in the more because it will take us into supernatural realms of functioning as a family. In 1 Peter 4, Peter says, um, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, not an ordinary love, not a worldly love. This is a deep love. Okay, I think we're getting the message. 
Loving like God does means you will be expressing hesed, the hallmark of the family, the hesed love will be seen in our actions, yeah? Yeah? Cool. And as we do that, we will be clearly identified as God's family. Yeah. So how does our, pra- our family practically express hesed? How do we express that to one another? How do we do it? Okay, well, let's move on. We're in his family. We've got this wonderful love inside of us. So what do we do to help one another to receive that? Well, I'm going to take you a little bit to my own patch because I know a bit better what goes on in Living Rock than goes on here, although it looks amazing what's happening here. But what, what do we need? We need a way to express our love. We need a place to express our love. We need an arrangement to express our love. We need to be with one another, don't we? so that we can express it, so we can show it, so we can do it, or we can be it, yeah? Um, So, for us at home, we have life groups. I think you call them connect groups. Oh, that's, they're both good. Connect groups, life groups. They are a wonderful, wonderful place where you can express hesed to all your brothers and sisters in your group, being warm to one another, genuinely interested in, in one another, friendly, accepting one another no matter what. We meet each other's needs because we share each other's challenges. We speak highly of one another and, and love being greeted and love to greet each other. We did at one point in uh, Living Rock a while back, we decided we'd have a, have a go at modeling a life group in, in our house for our life group leaders. And uh, we said, let's learn, you know, how to, how to express and life in, in the group, in our house, and we'll be the life group leaders and we'll, we'll do that. So the first night came along and a blessed couple knocked on the door and they opened the door and David went, hello, it's great to see you. I've been waiting for you to come. It's so good. Come on in. Let me take your coat. Would you like a drink or a biscuit? What can I do? How was your day? Tell me all about your day and how are your children? Come and sit down. I've, I've saved this place just for you. <laughs> and this chap, he, he was rather overwhelmed. But the point was made. The point was made. There's nothing better than being with one another and making one another a priority and preferring one another and saying, you're great, you're good, it's great to be with you. Actually, I feel better already and you're only on my doorstep. Yeah? Really good. There's no duty involved in this. This is just love. How can I help you? How can I pray for you? Eating, sharing testimonies, it's great. Other, Other settings where you can... Um, be joined and where you can minister to one another in serving teams. So I know you do all of of that. We've got loads of groups at home too in the community and and, uh, things that we do to help our Sundays run and all those sorts of things. I used to be involved in the little um, Mum Stop community group. We used to meet people from the community and bless them, children. And my team that were helping me to do that, and I was helping them to do that. Um, well, there was me, and then there was a few, two or three ladies between 70 and 80. Um, then there was a younger lady, maybe in her 30s. There's a mixture, there's a man, all a real total mixture. But we became like a little family. We're doing this together. We love these people. We really love them. And actually, I really love you because you're helping me do this and I'm getting to know you and I feel really joined with you and it's great. And the families that come, they're going, wow, what is it with you? You're not normal. People aren't normally like that. Well, no, because we're in a family. We're in God's family and we're brothers and sisters and that's how we live. We love each other. Amen? Hallelujah. Don't you just love being in the family of God? 
So you must have loads of things. We have loads of things too. We have a coffee shop. We're doing Alpha. We celebrate all, all kinds of celebrations with one another. We had a couple in the church who were uh, looking to have a baby, and it was taking them a long time. And the whole church were like behind. This is family. We're family. We're with you. We're for you. We're praying for you. That baby was finally born, and the whole family rejoiced in the birth of this lovely little girl. Oh, it's such a, a joy to share in one another's challenges and uh, successes and victories. I have a, a little group of ladies that meet with me called the Priscilla Group. David has a, called, a group called the Timothys, and they're called the Tims and Prims. So we get together with the Tims and Prims. But it's great, you know, what you're reading in the Word. Okay, I'd like you to pray for me about this, such and such. Um, let's all just prophesy over each other. Let's, let's just uh, inspire one another with what the Lord's saying to us through His Word. And we're getting to know each other, and we're getting to know how God's moving in their lives, and we're recognizing one another's gifts and strengths so that we can help each other to minister in other ways because we've identified how we move best. Great. We've lived with people when we've not had a home to live in for seven weeks. We lived with the Bodens. They looked after us. They let us carry on our life in their house, which, frankly, you need to be supernatural for that to happen. <laughs> us and our three boys and their girlfriends, and oh, my goodness. But they opened the door and said, you can live with us for as long as you like, which we did. That's because we're in the family. They're our family. Uh, we have um, a program feeding the homeless in Leicester, we have the Restorers over 60s groups that meet regularly. One of my I'm not over 60, but let me just tell you that, but it's one of my favorite groups. Love it. Absolutely love it. Because they're like my mums and dads. They've known me a long time. And it's like, I'm going to go and sit with my mums and dads for a while. And I'm going to just feel loved. They don't even need to speak to me. I'm just being with them. I just feel loved. It's great. I bet you knew people like that, that you just go and sit with and they can give you a cup of tea and you just feel really loved. It's just being with them. Spirit to spirit, heart to heart, no words required. It's just a joy, isn't it? One thing we did that I think was very helpful during the um, uh, COVID and we had the big Black Lives Matter thing ero erupted and we had people in the church who were really disturbed and upset by that. And um, the shepherds in the house, they took time, said, come and sit with us. Tell us how you feel. Tell us how this affects you. And tell us how we can help you. It's really helpful, isn't it, to understand one another, understand what's going on. We are all different after all. We want to understand each other better. And more recently, families uh, in the church and ministering to families in the community who have children with special needs or learning difficulties, we had some families and we said, can we interview you before the church? Can the family hear about what your lives are like, how they run, how you look and care after your children, etc.? Because uh, we'd like to all understand how life works for you and whether we can help you and how we can help you. So again, the shepherds in the house helped us to appreciate and understand one another by picking up on that issue and making it something the whole family could uh, understand and get into. So there's lots of ways that we can cross paths with one another and we can move in these actions of hesed love. But honestly, there's one thing that is just like a no-brainer. We're just meant to be together, aren't we? We're just meant to be together. If you want to be a brother, you need to be with your brother. Or if you want to be with your brother or sister, you need to be with them, don't you? Yeah? You, 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 it's hard to express your love from a distance, isn't it? But it's ever so easy when you're really near, because you can just say, you are amazing. I love you and you. It's great. Somebody, this lady just gave me some cookies this morning. I thought, you couldn't have done that by phone or text. She gave me a handful of homemade cookies. 
feel really loved. It's fantastic. And we need each other. Last year, David had a special birthday, and he decided to commemorate it by running half a marathon. And he decided to invite anybody else who was foolish enough to do that at the end of November to join him. And that includes some of our family, as well as friends in the church and our neighbors and people we just know, connections. Anyway, he um, trained and trained and trained, and, and others really trained hard. And my daughter-in-law, Rosanna, she, she did uh, do the 5K couch to whatever it is. She did that. But um, she wanted to have a go at the half marathon. And she was doing really well with training. Then she got COVID, long, young family, and she was poorly, and she didn't manage to do all the training. And she was beginning to say, I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. I, I might have to. And we were like, no, come on, you can do it, you can do it. Anyway, when it came to it, she, she very courageously decided to do it. It was cold and windy. It was snowing. It really was very, very cold. Um, anyway, my eldest son, Benj, was also running, and he trained big time. He can run. Not a problem for him, really. Anyway, they set off, and Benj obviously had made a decision, which none of us knew, which was he was going to run with Rosanna. He could have ran at the front and come in first, but he decided he was going to run with Rosanna. And she got partway around, and she was running out of steam and thinking, I can't do this, I can't do this, I'm going to have to stop. And I said, what made you carry on? And she said, it was Benj. He just said, it's okay, come on, we can do it. Step by step, just keep going. You can do this, Rosanna, come on, let's go. I'm going to with you all the way. I'm going to be with you, you're not going to be last, come on. And she kept going, and she kept going, and she kept going. And they crossed the line together. Last one's in. But they crossed the line together. Hooray! I have to say, it moved my heart. She had somebody right by her side. And I just think we're family. We choose to encourage and cheer each other on. To join arms and run the race together so that we can all cross the line. The whole family whew, run across the line together because we're joined side by side. Our boys love to get together. They respect each other. They love each other's company. They're really, really good friends. Sometimes we found out they actually arranged to go out for meals without us. And then the worst was when they decided to book a holiday without us, just them. It's like, what's going on? You know? No, it wasn't actually. Actually, what really happened was I was really moved and thought, how wonderful that they want to be together. How wonderful that they've chosen to holiday with one another. But you know what? The best thing is, is that when they say, and will you come with us? And then we're like, really happy. Because <laughs> they want us to come with them. Of all the people they could choose, They've chose us to go with them. In fact, it's quite difficult to have a holiday without them now. <laughs> but the point is, God loves it when his children get together. He really loves it. It moves his heart. But do you know what? He loves it when we get together with him. He absolutely loves it when we get together with him. Like today, we're together with him. And he loves that. He's moved by that. The Bible says that God's family is carefully arranged and that we all fit together perfectly and that all together we are Christ's body. Surely we're meant to be like this together as much as we can because it pleases him and it does us good. And actually, he designed us to be together. He designed us so that we work best when we're right next to each other, stone by stone, brick by brick. How can we know each other's joys and sorrows or challenges or help each other in the mission if we're not all together? 
How can we give each other the blessing of God through our spiritual gifts if we're not together? How can we strengthen and encourage each other if we don't even see each other? How can Hesed run deep amongst us unless we are together? We need to prioritize. I need to prioritize being with my family. Yeah, I really do. When we are together, we all, 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 all have something to give. Every single person, every child has something to give. That's the way we were designed. That's the way he made us. He made us so that we could bless one another and bless him. We are participants and not just an associate of the family or an attendee. We're participants, yeah? We were designed to rely on each other and to function in our own special way so that family can be strong and healthy. So gatherings are really, really important, and I want just to encourage you to gather as often as you can together and be the family together that God has made us to be. It can be somebody's house. It can be here on a Sunday morning or evening or whenever. We organize our diaries around gatherings. It's so important to be with our brothers and sisters. So we organize our lives so that we can be there, so that we can be here. We organized our diaries so we could be here with you because we wanted to be with you, our family in Southport. Yeah, we could be somewhere else, but I don't want to be anywhere else. You know, God wants us to be with family and that's what we are doing today. And it's good. When you do gather together in all these different settings, there's a way in which we can learn even more about how to love and care for one another. Uh, and that is something actually Harry mentioned it last night in his uh, invitation, or sorry, introduction. He talked about being an imitator. Uh, in the family, we learn from one another. We are set an example by spiritual parents, spiritual mums and dads, or as surrogate mums and dads in the, in the family of God. Uh, in Titus 2, there's lots of instructions for the older men to train the younger men, the older women to train the younger women, to teach them in the things that they need for their everyday lives. Um, but care and love for one another is particularly modelled uh, and an example is set by the shepherds in the church. Paul tells the Thessalonians to imitate him. He's really bold. Look at me. Look at my life. Copy it. Be like me. Isn't that great? That's actually not hard, is it? You don't have to do loads of research. Just have a look. Just take a look. Okay? He says, look at my life. Let me be your model. And he was inspiring. And there are inspiring people in here, in this family. Very inspiring people in this family. And they're setting a fine example. And there's generations that are looking on. And they want to be like you. They want to be like you. They want to be like you, David. Young men in here want to be like you. Yeah? <laughs> You see, um, inspiring, visible uh, examples is what the church really needs. And all of us can be an example to someone else of how to live a life of hesed. We can open our front door and say, come on in and sit down and let's talk, let's share, let's give away what we have. Yeah. Leaders who lead by example in love and unity, loving one another in a harmony of life, preparing, preferring one another and speaking 
honoring, honoringly, honoringly. <laughs> you know what? They make the whole family feel secure. It's like in the natural family. If mum and dad are good, they're getting on really well, then hey, we can do anything as a family because we are knitted and we are on a mission together. Same way in the family of God, you know, with our uh, leaders and elders and deacons and people in responsibility as they're enjoying life together in harmony and in love, in honoring one another. Hey, the whole family just feels like we're on it. We're going together. This is good. I learned a lot myself from a, a blessed elderly couple who've now gone to be with the Lord. They taught me about marriage, servanthood, being a sister and, or a brother. They taught me about generosity. They taught me how to deal with physical and emotional challenges. I learned stacks. And they didn't sit down, you know, and say, today we're going to do physical challenges. I just watched their life. And I learned. So our lives need to be open to one another. Let's help each other know how to live life by sharing our lives with one another. Share your, your wisdom, share your life lessons, uh, share your grace, be honest, be vulnerable, be encouraging, um, and be responsible. We're responsible for one another as brothers and sisters, aren't we? To look over each one another's lives, yeah? We have a family in the church who exemplify generosity. It's like a hallmark of of them, I'm talking about a church, our church back home in uh, Leicestershire. And many, many years ago, the, the son of this family, uh, aged about 17, he um, went out for lunch with David. He wanted, he wanted to do what, just what I was just talking about, glean, drain him of anything that would help him, age 17, as a young man who wants to grow in God. Uh, so they went for lunch, and um, when the bill came, the this young man says, I'll do that. That's mine. And David's like, no, no, you know, I'll do that. No, no. He absolutely insisted. And when David came home, he said, you won't believe it. I said, what? He said, so-and-so paid my lunch bill. I went, what? He said, yeah, he paid my lunch bill. He said, hardly ever anybody pays my lunch bill. But this person did. He grew up watching his grandfather and his mother and his father being generous. They are a generous family, and it had been passed on to the next generation and the next generation. Imitation, set an example, be like me. This is what Paul was saying to the churches in the New Testament. He's saying, come on, we can all do this. Be like me, and then let somebody else be like you. Share. Hesed, generous, generous with love, yeah? Cool. Be a model. And then Jesus Christ is super generous. You see, God's family is super blessed because Jesus, when he ascended, he gave some gifts to the church. He loves his family. He loves the family. And the family need these gifts to help with the mission, the growth, the health, and the life of the church. Dave listed them all off earlier. Uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Five. Five gifts. I'm really only going to focus on one of those gifts today, pastor. But before I do that, I just want to show you that these gifts, well, you should perhaps open your Bibles at Ephesians 4. I have read some scriptures, but you haven't turned the pages yet, have you? So, <laughs> Ephesians 4. You know, when um, Jesus was about to go to the cross and was contemplating that, he gave his disciples a command, um, a new command, love one another as I have loved you. 
Now Jesus has ascended, and he gives one more thing to the church, these gifts. And verse 11, it says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And then it goes on to say, we'll no longer be like children. God doesn't want permanent, he doesn't want us stunted to remain as children. He wants us to grow and become mature sons and daughters of God. And these gifts are to help that to happen. So these gifts are for the church, and they work together in different ways. They are brothers and sisters in the house. They are family. They're not executives or the board that have come in to change everything. They're part of the family. They are um, brothers and sisters. And Paul says, I'm sending you my brother Timothy, or I'm sending you my brother Silas. They're part of the family. So please don't keep them at arm's length, but rather embrace them as brothers and sisters. Um, They are not official visitors. They're family members who are doing their special work. We've all got special work to do. Everybody has. That's what the Bible says, that they have special work to do. So in Living Rock Church, for example, we have uh, various ministries, prophets, Andrew and myself, Richard Jones, who I think you'll be seeing at some point, he's pastor in the house, and Ephesians 4 pastor, and um, Chris Alton is a teacher, and you had lovely James here last week or two weeks ago, didn't you? teacher, um, and David's apostle. And we are good friends. We love each other deeply, and we want the best for each other, and we all want our family to be strong and healthy and mature and good at doing the work that God has called them to. We love each other. So we spend time with um, one another in different settings to pray and seek the Lord for the church, we would have um, time with David as ministries doing that, or we would sit with, with the elders in the church as well, and we'd pray and seek the Lord to um, hear what his burden and his instruction is for the church. Um, and then, uh, uh, as David might bring some instruction or the prophets pick up a specific burden from the Lord, then the teachers and the pastors can come and unpack that and enable everybody to follow through on the instruction and the direction from the apostle. It's really brilliant, isn't it? In Kenya, we have some churches in Kenya. Initially, David and I went out to Kenya about 11, 12 years ago, um, and uh, we started to minister into small groups, and churches started to grow and then we took Richard Jones out with us on a trip. So we had an apostle and a prophet and a, a pastor. We worked into those communities and churches in Kenya. And then David um, felt, actually, what I need now is a teacher. And he took Andrew Eagle as a prophet out to Kenya with him. So each time it's like, what does he really, what does David really feel these churches are in need of right now? And he'll take them with him. So it's great to have all those resources in the house, isn't it? In the family, in your family. These are for you. These gifts are for you, you know. Yeah, it's great. But the shepherd perhaps is the one that helps us on this particular um, subject that we're talking about now is the family and caring and loving one another. The shepherd has a great role. The shepherd has a huge heart of love for God's family, the sheep of his pasture, we could say. The shepherd loves the sheep. He loves to care for them. 
He loves to guide them. He loves to lead them. He loves to give them good food so that they'll be really healthy and not starving. A balanced diet so that they're not unhealthy. Um, he, he guides them through the wilderness, the tough times. He guides them through and protects them from any attack or any pressure. Um, consequently, the sheep are very secure because the shepherd has got his eye on them. And so it is with the shepherd in the house. He has his eye on all of us. My, my um, pastor, Richard, he knows probably, he loves me and he looks after me, looks after, make sure I'm okay. How are you doing? Where have you been? What have you been doing? What are you hearing? What are you sensing? Uh, can I pray for you? Looks, looks after me. Watches over our lives as well. But more than that, the shepherd is not... The shepherd is not our answer. The shepherd is the one who points us to Jesus, who is our answer and, and our support source and supply. He wants us all to become dependent on Jesus. So the shepherd brings in a ministry to encourage us to look to Jesus and to grow up into mature sons and daughters who find their help in their time of need from Jesus. And not only that, the shepherd, um, because of the way he cares for us, other people are watching. And they're beginning to experience the care of the shepherd, and they're becoming like the shepherd and becoming carers themselves. So the shepherd wants to raise um, raise us into maturity such that we become like a pastoral family. We look after one another. Yeah? So all, all the gifts that the prophet wants to raise up some prophets. The teacher wants to encourage teachers and raise up teachers. And the shepherd wants to help the, the sheep to know how to look after one another. And the shepherd it's all about the heart. The whole, uh, the condition of the heart, love for Jesus, love for one another, love for husband, love for your children, love for the family of God. The shepherd is looking over all those very important uh, examples in the house of God, marriage, parenting, leadership. They're all issues where unity needs to prevail. So the shepherd helps with all of that. The shepherd will always champion the sheep. And it was great. I think I heard somebody talk. I can't, I can't remember exactly. I won't say that. Um, but he, the shepherd is going to, uh, well, last week we had this lady forward. This is Jean Jean did something amazing. Five people or so people got saved because of this one thing that she did. This is Jean's um, testimony. And just really raising what God is doing through all the family and how the family needs to be um, adored <laughs> and appreciated for what God is doing through them. In our um, church, Richard has recently requested for the prophets to teach and equip the church in the gift of prophecy. So we'll be doing that in the next couple of weeks' time. He's obviously um, thinking about what God is doing in our midst and felt the people need to be blessed with hearing more about the prophetic ministry. So that's one thing. Another thing as we were talking in, uh, in our, when we were sitting as ministers together, and he was saying, well, I really feel we need to give attention to parents of teenagers right now. It's an area where we need to put something in to help equip people who are struggling with parenting teenagers. So the shepherd is watching, and the shepherd is looking for how other people can also come and bring their ministry to help the sheep to become strong and healthy. It's all about being strong and, sh and healthy healthy. 
So the, the pastor is passionate about God's family, and he represents Christ, and he wants to bring everybody into maturity and fullness. Amen? All right, finally, this family, you and me, we've got so much that God has given us is too much for us. In this room, there is too much for us. All of you who know and love Jesus Christ in this family with me, we've been filled with a humongous, unlimited amount of Hesed love, haven't we? I mean, we're not top to... We're not filled to the top. We've got too much. It, it, it wants to spill out. Yeah? And this family is going to fill the whole earth. Because the Bible talks about there being a universal family, God's universal family. So it's going to fill the whole universe. That's way out of my brain's capacity. But he wants us to fill the earth. And one of the ways we can do that is by putting on display how amazing God has made us, his family. Let the family be seen. Open the windows, get the Duplo windows open and the doors open and have a peek in. There's a family that is amazing. And this family has so much Hesed love, it cannot contain it to itself, but it has to give it away. I met somebody in our church uh, last week, and he had a small child in his arms. And uh, I said, that's not your daughter. And he said, no, this is Blake. I'm going to call him, this is Blake. I said, oh, who's Blake? And he said, uh, he has come from my brother's family where he was not being cared for. He was in danger. I think he's seven months old. He's in danger. And we were asked if we would consider um, caring and, and having him, potentially fostering him. I said, oh, wow, that's amazing. Gorgeous little boy. And this gentleman is a very shy person. He was married about seven years ago, and they had a daughter uh, with Down syndrome, a beautiful little girl. And uh, obviously, she has some challenges, so they, they have to think about those as her parents. But it didn't stop them from reaching out and taking this little seven-month boy into their family. They didn't say, oh, no, we can't possibly do that. You know, we've got to think about us. They didn't say that. They said, yes, we'll take him. And he, he was holding him so tight. And I'd never seen this gentleman so an, an, animated. I said, um, do you feel really fulfilled by doing this? Because you're just different. And I'm not joking, and I hold it together now, because as he held this child, he could not speak to answer my question. Just tears poured down his face. And I said, I can see how much it means to you. Um, he said, we will keep him till he's 18 if they'll let us. And I just thought there are a lot of vulnerable, lost people, lost sheep, who are out there and they're not safe. They're not being, unfortunately, they're not safe. And they need to be rescued. And we're a fantastic family. This little boy I was telling you about, he's been transferred into another family with all the blessing, safety, security, love, and health he could ever need. And you know what's more? He's come into the huge family because that couple are in our church. And I just want to encourage you today that what you've got is far too much for you and you need to give it away. Yeah? Give it away because this family is meant to grow strong and healthy and fill the whole earth. And you are going to have 
lots of babies. I'm going to finish now because I realize I've been a long time. But I'm going to finish by reading this to you. And I'd like you to kind of close your eyes if that's okay. Because I was thinking about, um, about you all. And what God wants to, us to demonstrate. And this is what I wrote as I was thinking about all of that. Our Father who is in heaven has a family here on earth. When I read the Bible, I begin to catch a glimpse of this amazing family, God's family, the hallmarks, the variety, the family values, the equality and the unity. God's family is amazing. It's like no other family on earth. It's totally awesome, breathtaking. His children know they are loved. They all carry his DNA. They're just like him. And his likeness, his family likeness is seen. The father's family is filled with his love. It's a passionate family, a worshipping family, a family that love their father and listen to his word, a family devoted to one another who respect and honor each other. The father's family is caring and therefore sharing, generous in every way. The father's family is super hospitable, They're celebrating life and they're eating together. They're always lending or giving away their possessions to each other. A family that loves to be together. They love to encourage and spur each other on. It is so full of love. They come alongside others when they're weak, feed those who are hungry and take in the homeless. They adopt the orphans and cherish the widows. It's so full of love. It values every member, young or old, male or female. They support each other, accept each other, warts and all. They're a family that can ask one another for forgiveness if necessary and confess their weaknesses. God's family is so full of love that it reaches its arms around neighbors, friends and communities. It has a reputation for kindness and goodness, a family that has influence and power. This family radiates love and peace, unity and creativity. It is dazzlingly beautiful, attractively eye-catching. Everyone can see how amazing it is because the love shared between the family is so evident. It's like an oasis in a dry land. This is just a small squint at the family that God has purposed to fill the whole earth. It's not a pipe dream or a wild imagination. This is the family that we have been born into. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? I'd like to just pray for us. Do you know what? Maybe you'd like to hold the hand of the person next to you. I'm going to stand with you. (laughs) Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, we just thank you, Lord, that you are our Father, and you have called us into your wonderful family. We thank you, Lord, for all the love that you want us to enjoy and to share in this family Lord, we thank you for this family here in Southport, for all the new life that you want to come into this family. Father, we pray that as we stand now that we will have a revelation of all the new ways and means that we can care and love and reach out to display your magnificent family to all those around. Father, I pray for each person here that they will know strength in their arms and love in their hearts and they will reach out in deeper and deeper measures that Hesed love would run right deeply through this family in a measure that is of the more and more. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you have purposed for your family here in Southport. And bless them, we say, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you.